everybody, and welcome to the Dunkin' Donuts Connections podcast with Dave and I talk all things professional wrestling. Wrestling. This is episode number 68, and in this episode, it is not on our normal night. So, no. we are actually going to be discussing a few talking subjects that we wanted to mention. Uh, we wanted a show where Dave and I can just talk about wrestling. Tangents. Tangent show. So, episode number 68, we are going to be giving you your first one. And we have a few topics that we wanted to talk about. Um, and, of course, anything else that comes up in conversation. Um, from the women's wrestling uh, world right now, uh, we want to talk about Don Callis in Impact and in AEW. We want to talk about Retribution and which way we think that should go, as well as the release of WWE's Andrade Cien Almas, now El Ingobernable, and where he should land. Yep. So... We're going to start off with the women's wrestling world. Now, we have a few kind of ideas on topics that we wanted to talk about. Um, but the main one that I have, which I saw in a Facebook post um, in a group I follow, where it's, what is your opinion on women bleeding in professional wrestling? This came up after the Britt Baker match from last week, um, where Britt Baker and Thunder match. Rosa were both busted open. Unbelievable and, match! Unbelievable <laughs> match, man. I've seen, I've seen, uh, I've seen both sides of the coin where they think that women shouldn't bleed in wrestling, and I feel there's people that feel like they should. My opinion, and we'll we'll, we'll talk about yours, and we'll kind of go back and forth on this. My opinion is, if they feel comfortable and they want to to add effect to a match, let them, but keep it tasteful. Don't make them bleed. Just to bleed. Just like back in uh, Ric Flair's matches from the Attitude Era, when he bled almost every single match, no matter what. Use it as an exclamation point to a strong stipulation in a match. What's your opinion? All right. Everybody wants to get rid of titles. Women's wrestling, men's yes. wrestling, hardcore wrestling. Wrestling is supposed to be wrestling. Mm-hmm. And the constant belief is that women and men should be held on the same playing field, regardless of the match stipulation, the type of match that they're doing, if they bleed, don't bleed, whatever it is. Yeah. To me, I have no problem with blood. I feel... In occasions, it adds to the match. So when you're talking about that type of feud, like we had with Britt Baker and Thunder Rosa, it really added to it. Mm -hmm. But I think AEW had to go that direction because they don't have other stipulation matches that allow for it. One, they're not going to throw them in a death match. That's not going to happen. Okay, They don't have a Hell in the Cell. They don't have a TLC. They don't have anything like that. So they can't really have that kind of like blow off match like we get with uh, Sasha Banks versus a Be- uh, uh, a Bailey at Hell in a Cell where it's in a mm-hmm. Hell in a Cell and you know, hey, this is the exclamation point on this rivalry. Yeah, so they put them in a blackout match. Correct, an unsanctioned blackout match where you are getting the absolute most vile hatred between these two Mm -hmm. at this moment yeah so i have no problem with there being crimson okay yeah and And you and and i have watched matches 
that have involved Candice LeRae taking oh. a super kick from a spiked shoe by one of the young bucks. By one of the young bucks, and she was bleeding crimson. Yeah, so it was the I, it was a PWG match from I believe it was 2015 where her and Joey Ryan, the the world's cutest tag team, took on um, the young bucks for the PWG tag team championships. Yep, and she ate towards the end of that match, as you said, a spiked thumbtack boot super to kick. the face super kick. Yeah, from one and, of the bucks. And at the end of the day, did it add to the match? Yes. Is it one of the most iconic visuals in all of professional wrestling? Yes. Okay. I mean, in, 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 in independent PWG, wrestling, in independent, in independent yeah. wrestling. Yes. Okay. I I could think of like five thousand other things before it, but yeah, I know what you're saying. And then to kind of harbor back to what you were saying about Ric Flair, that he just always bled. Like that That's was Ric, Ric Flair's Flair was. thing. That was his thing. You know what I mean? You look at Abdullah the Butcher and you look at Ric Flair. Their foreheads are all sabu. Their foreheads are all chewed up because every match Matt they Tremont. were involved in, they they were they were bleeders. That's just what it was. Mm-hmm. So, but I feel that when it serves its purpose, mm-hmm. that you can add crimson. Now the WWE doesn't do that anymore. Most no. of their crimson, most of their blood is you 95% accidental. Yeah. You know what I mean? Usually yeah, you see it on the back. It, it's it's, it's, it's a, not it, intentional. It, exactly. So that's And and one of which is a situation of hardway bleeding which I think added to an exclamation point of building a character, not a match, a character. When oh. Becky Lynch busted her nose open. Yes. In that brawl between Team Raw and Team SmackDown leading up to, to Survivor Series. To Survivor Series. Yep. Where she was removed from the team because, because of, of her injury. Yes. Yes. And, and, and again, that built her man character. Correct. So if if it's used correctly, it works. Now, I'm gonna flip the script on you. Everybody is talking highly about this match. You and I have both privately talked highly about this yeah. match. Mm-hmm. Is this the best women's match in a North America of all time? In North America, I would say it is the second best. Okay. Only because there is only one match, and I believe I've mentioned to you which match it is because it's one of my favorite matches of all time. Mm-hmm. And that was Bailey Banks at Brooklyn yeah, One. Brooklyn One, yes. That will forever, until something takes that spot, be my number one favorite women's professional wrestling match. Mm-hmm. Because I've got quite a few in my top 25 matches. Great matches. Like uh, one that comes to mind immediately is Asuka versus Nikki Cross, Last Woman Standing. Okay. For the NXT Women's Championship, one of her last defenses. Yeah. Um, that's one of the first ones that come to my mind. And then, of course, the Bailey Banks stuff from all, all when they were match. in NXT, yeah. all of their matches. Um, Banks the versus threat, Charlotte in WrestleMania. North Carolina. Yeah, that was incredible. Um, even some of the matches we've got between the women's champions um, at Survivor Series. Mm-hmm. Um, the, when I been- think. Uh, uh, one of them Ra- was. Rousey uh, versus Bliss was a great match. Yeah, that was an incredible match. But you know, my favorite and my number one women's pro wrestling match in North America to this date is 
Banks versus uh, Bailey at Brooklyn One. Okay, so I'm going to completely agree with you. Bell to Bell, greatest match to ever happen. I'm going to play devil's advocate. And I'm going to play devil's advocate because we wouldn't have Thunder Rosa and Britt Baker. We wouldn't have Bailey Banks. We wouldn't have the man if it wasn't mm-hmm. for Trish Stratus versus Lita. Versus Lita. Mo- Monday Night first Raw. first ever women's Raw yes. main event. Yes. Such an important <laughs> match. Especially in an era where women weren't looked upon as wrestlers. They were looked upon as eye candy and bra and panties matches and... Valets. These two women went out there and Lita nearly broke her neck in this match doing mm-hmm. a, a Suicina. Absolutely incredible. And if I remember correctly, and I know you guys will check me on my facts, but I think it happened in Toronto, Canada, which is uh, the hometown of one Trish Stratus. Mm-hmm. So I am going to agree with you on Banks Bailey. But I am going to say that we do need to remember what Trish Stratus and Lita did on that Monday Night Raw to completely change the game of what In women's people wrestling. thought um, women's wrestling was at that time. Mm-hmm. Now, don't get me wrong. WWE went back to the Divas search, and WWE did all the Divas championship and stuff. And then and we get, and, and then we get the, the what really revolutionized the second women's evolution was WrestleMania 32 the triple threat between Becky Lynch, Sasha Banks and Charlotte Fair Flair for the WWE Women's Championship. That's yes. when they retired the Divas Got rid title. Of Divas, correct. Yes. That's when they brought back the women's wrestling. Yes. And we're forgetting, you know, we're not even talking about some of the stuff that was done in Impact because if you really want to go and see women's wrestling being way ahead of the curve when WWE was doing the Divas, just go to the Knockouts division and Impact when Gail Kim was mm-hmm. there. Yeah. Incredible. Incredible stuff. So, um, overall, the women's division should be treated just like the men's division, in my opinion. If they want to bleed, let them bleed. Yeah, exactly. Um, another thing, before we move on from the women's division, I want to discuss um, Charlotte Flair. Um, it came out uh, this week that Charlotte Flair has tested positive for COVID and is resting at home. Now, I brought something up to Dave and I'm going to put it to the podcast and we'll discuss it here. Will we, now that Rhea has found herself in this women's title match and will most likely win the title at Mania, is Charlotte going after Rhea post-Mania? Or could we ever see her in NXT going after Io Shirai? Because Io has seemed unbeatable. Okay. So, I would have said NXT had another piece of our news not happened, which is the release of Andrade. Because Andrade had asked to go to NXT. Mm -hmm. So, could Charlotte have ended up back in NXT? I mean, she lives in Florida. Mm-hmm. NXT does most of their recordings down in Florida to begin with. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I could have seen her in NXT. I could have seen her going after Io Shirai. And obviously, her taking out the golden shovel at the Flair's own and burying Io. Mm-hmm. But I think we are going to get an extended program between Charlotte Flair, 
and Rhea Ripley. And I don't think it's Flair going after Ripley. I think it's Ripley going after Flair. And I think Ripley is basically going to say, hey, listen, I'm going to cement myself off of your scalp. And that is where we go. So Rhea's going to be the champ and say, you know what? She's going to do what EO did to Raquel, where she's going to approach Charlotte and say, I want you. I want to fight you. Yes. And I also want to put out here that another reason Charlotte might not go after EO is because EO might not have that belt come after Stand and Deliver. You may be 100% correct on that. Because I I have a hard feeling that Raquel Gonzalez might pick that belt up. Oh, I mean, after what happened with the women's tag team titles, we didn't even discuss that. The NXT women's division getting their own tag team titles, which is great for Mm -hmm. them. I thought it was going to be a mid-card belt personally. Um, I think the right team has the belts now. I do like Ember Moon and Shotzi Blackheart having those titles. Um, They are just so much fun on Instagram. They're so much fun in the ring. Um, They meld so well together. And that's not saying that the other two didn't, but... It was just weird. I, I I didn't like the presentation. Um, I didn't like the fact that they only held the belts for a couple of hours. Or not even. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. I mean, the right team has the belts now, and I think you can build a really good feud with several teams down in that division. And, mm-hmm. you know, we'll see what ends up coming from that. But I'm yeah. excited, like you said. I want to see Mania. I want to see um, Rhea Ripley. Pick up the belt. Take the belt off Oscar, which, uh, not to cut you off, Peyton Royce. Yeah, she herself, almost did it. Put herself in contention. She showed yeah. she can actually go, which we all knew that already. That, that's no secret. But that Raw talk segment, mm-hmm. straight the from match the match they had on she Raw, talked, the match she had on Raw this past Monday night, she showed she could go. So. Mm-hmm. I would I would love to see a, a singles push for Peyton. Maybe she's, mm-hmm. you know, while Flair just recovers, maybe she's a stopgap. Maybe she's a feud for Rhea to just, you know, yeah. keep her keep herself, you know, keep active. herself on TV and keep uh, uh, Peyton on TV. Yeah, um, and keep the Raw Women's Championship on TV. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's the main point because for a while, when Oscar and Charlotte were chasing the tag belts. The Raw Women's title took a back seat. Yes. Which we never want to see take a uh, main title take a back seat to a tag title. Yes, correct. You're right. 100%. But moving on um, from that. Andrade's release. Yeah, let's jump to that now because uh, we mentioned that Andrade, Cien Almas, formerly known as Andrade, formerly known as Cien, formerly known as El Ingobernable, has been released from WWE. Now, I have my opinion as to where he should land and you have your opinion as to where he should land. I think he should go back to New Japan because Los Ingobernables de Japón, which was a faction started by Andrade, but then Andrade left, went to NXT, and it was taken over by uh, Naito. Naito has pretty much moved on, but LIJ is kind of coming back to a little bit of fruition uh, with evil, bushy, um, Sonata, they're kind of all joining back together. And now that Andrade's released, can he return to New Japan and retake over LIJ? That's where I feel like he should land. As well as that, he needs to re-don the mask. Now, we had this conversation off-screen, but we'll bring it back up here, where a luchador's mask is sacred. 
And once they remove the mask, they can no longer wear the mask. But in this situation, I feel like he should be able to because he took the mask off and never had a mask except for an entrance gear mask mm-hmm. in WWE. Yeah, but he, he only never did that in NXT. He didn't do that but, in Raw. Yeah, SmackDown. but he never didn't have a mask anywhere else when he was in AAA or was he in Japan. He always wore a mask. Mm-hmm. So I think he should redon the mask, become El Ingobernable, and retake over Lij. I couldn't agree with you anymore. But since you know we want to play devil's advocate here, why doesn't he just go back to Triple A? That is an option. Um, but I, I mean, feel I know like all his, I know all his boys are over in you know New Japan in now. New Japan. But why not go back to Mexico? I mean, yeah, go back to his 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 roots, his home, yeah, his family. You know what I mean? He wouldn't be leaving the United States. I mean, he wouldn't be leaving North America. He'd mm-hmm. be here with Flair, and that's the. Everyone needs to remember that's, that's the, the biggest big thing. He has a relationship with a Flair, <laughs> and Charlotte is not leaving the WWE. No. Not anytime soon. No. He has his, I believe Andrade has a, a couple of kids, or he has a child. I, I'm not sure. I don't know. I always see on their Instagrams, like they're always walking around, with, like there's always this little kid involved. So I'm not sure if maybe a niece, a nephew, whatever it may be. So I can't, I realistically can't see him going halfway around the world to be away from Charlotte when Charlotte needs to essentially still be in the WWE unless mm-hmm. she asks for her release but that ain't going to happen no that's I not going to happen that's going to happen i feel like before she leaves WWE we see Rick Flair in AEW before Charlotte ever i'm not going to say that if Rick shows up in AEW that means Charlotte will leave but I'm saying the likelihood of seeing Ric Flair appear in AEW is higher than Charlotte Flair leaving WWE. Yeah, it is. You're right. You're right. Him showing because, up anywhere. Impact. Yeah. It doesn't matter. Him showing up anywhere. I mean, he's anywhere. done it before. Well, yeah, he he's did been in Impact before. Yes. So yes. he he's done it before. He'll do it again. But um, the next thing I want to mention, uh, we're kind of going out of order from our list that we have here because I know the last subject we're going to talk about is going to take a little bit of time. This past Sunday at Fastlane, we saw the uh, dissolving of a faction known as Retribution. Now, I know you and I wanted to discuss where we think these teams should go. Yeah, we already teased a little bit of this on a Fastlane um, follow-up. Yeah, so just to go over it quickly, Mia Yim becomes Mia Yim. Mm -hmm. Shane Thorne becomes Shane Thorne. T-Bar and Mace... Remain as Retribution as a tag team and a formidable mm-hmm. tag team. Let them take the place of AOP. Let them be the powerhouse tag team that you never, ever let AOP become. Or now, never, ever let uh, do they find become. themselves? Do they find themselves in the same position AOP left in as sidebars for Seth Rollins? No. I don't think so. I think I think they had a golden goose there. I think things were going in order and things were going to happen that were going to be huge for AOP. Mm-hmm. And then the injury happened. Mm-hmm. And then the pandemic happened. And then the release happened. And there mm-hmm. has been no discussion about those guys on the indie scene right now. They haven't, no. they haven't popped up anywhere. So I think they're still recovering from injuries. But you know and who just I think won... I think they may come back. Possibly. 
I feel like though that they would be one of the teams that WWE brings back. Yes. You know what one team that was released a while ago is doing pretty good for themselves on the indie scene? Oh, who? The Awakening, formerly known as The Ascension. I miss The Ascension so much. They just picked up tag belts in I'm not exactly certain what um indie promotion, but they picked up tag belts in an indie I missed, promotion. I miss them so much. I loved The Ascension. They were... S- <laughs> If we never NXT if we, Ascension, if we didn't have Ascension in NXT, we never would have had Demon Finn Balor. No, you know what I mean. That's that's mm-hmm. what you got your. That's what you really got your introduction. Hideo Itami and Finn Balor came in at the same time and took out Ascension. Yep, it was perfect. So, um, yeah, I I want to see T Bar and Mace by themselves. Yeah. Let them be a tag now, team. Let them be powerhouses too. Yeah, I'm gonna play devil's advocate here because I, I heard this. I heard this um, scenario pop up on a podcast I was listening to. Completely dissolve Retribution. Completely dissolve them. Shane Thorne does his own thing. Dio Madden does his own thing. And we get a new powerhouse tag team of Dominic Dijakovic and Keith Lee. Keith Because we stop. have... We have Mia Yim there as well, who is Keith Lee's fiance. So we get Keith Lee, Mia Yim, and Dominic Dijakovic as this new small faction. I don't like it. I don't like it. Mia Yim is too good to be put in another faction. She doesn't. No, no, no. No, 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 it's not a faction because know, she can still challenge for the women's belt. No, I know, but the thing is, is whenever you do those three-headed pieces, the woman always gets lost in the shuffle. I want to see Mia Yim just doing her own thing, not being associated with her fiancé, not being associated with Mustafa Ali, not being associated with anybody. Let her kick some ass. Let her go to SmackDown. And challenge Bianca Belair or Sasha Banks. And let her be the head bitch in charge? Exactly. Not the head baddie. I know WWE doesn't like to use, you know, poor terminology, but she is the head bitch in charge. And that's who she was mm-hmm. throughout the time she was in NXT. <laughs> and yeah. and if you listen to a lot of other people, a lot of people didn't like Mia Yim's in-ring style when she first started NXT. And guess what? Towards her end reign... Oh, she, she never was won. great. She was great. She was carrying matches. She was carrying some of the best wrestlers in that division. From a Candice LeRae to a Dakota Kai to a uh, Shayna Baszler. She was Bianca carrying Belair. excellent matches with everybody. Mm-hmm. I want to see that again. Shane Thorne, he has his place. Cruiserweight division. I think he's going to shine in the cruiserweight division. I'm not saying he's going to be a cruiserweight champion, but just the way he flies around the ring, I think it works best for him. Dio Madden and T-Bar, oh, Mace, Dio Madden, and Dominic Dijakovic, T-Bar, clearly are built to work together as, you know what? I'm going to throw the APA, Bradshaw and Farouk, they remind me so hmm. much of those guys. Yeah. Okay. They have I'll the give same. You that. They have the same. Obviously, you know, one black, one white. That that same dynamic, but powerhouses, man. Like true stiff workers, power mm-hmm. moves left, right, and sideways. 
and they don't take anybody's shit. And they proved that at Fastlane when they put Mustafa Ali practically through the ring. Yeah, with the high justice. Yes. Okay. Now, moving on to our last talking point that we wanted to talk about. And I'm going to let you run this one because this is your baby. This is your this is your topic. I don't know if anybody could feel the grin on my face. So, David has recently been comparing Don Callis to Vince McMahon. How about you run it down? Okay. So, we've always been saying that storylines get recycled time and time again. Whatever mm-hmm. storyline, you know, the underdog baby face and the evil heel and the faction and, you know, they always get recycled. Mm-hmm. No one's ever recycled to this extent the Vince McMahon character. Now, mm-hmm. it's a little bit different. There are nuances. McMahon had it out for the people he had it out for, okay? He did not like Bret Hart. He did not like Stone Cold Steve Austin. When he turned on The Rock, he turned on The Rock. So that's who McMahon has always been. When he wanted to screw Daniel Bryan or Kofi Kingston a couple of years ago, he did it, okay? That's Mm -hmm. who McMahon has been. What Don Callis is slightly different is that he actually likes Rick Swan. He told him he's a once in a decade wrestler. Mm-hmm. Kenny Omega's once in a millennium. Mm-hmm. So the thing is, Don Callis, as this authoritarian figure, is putting his eggs in the Kenny Omega basket the same way McMahon put his eggs in the rock basket back when they did the Montreal screw job exactly a year later between the Mo- the rock and mankind so this way the rock could be the champion mm-hmm. so the question is the real thought here is how <coughs> are they going to continue this i feel that you're going to get this title v title match it's not a unification match we already had that at the last tna pay-per-view at last impact pay-per-view where Rick Swan is now the TNA and he's the Impact Champion. He is going up against Kenny Omega at Rebellion, right? Yes. Okay. TNA Rebellion. We need to see which Don Callis shows up. If Don Callis screws Rick Swan, it is a true and tried Vince McMahon character arc that we are going to be seeing out of one Don Callis. 100 percent he's finally gonna say i don't like you anymore rick you didn't put bread on my table yada 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 you want half the wrestler kenny omega is i mean kenny omega is our champion correct he is impact and tna's champion he beat you he's already and he and he said as much in the promo he's already beaten you once Mm -hmm. that one winged angel beating you already so it's just it. It's the the subtle nuances of a recycled story that you and I have talked about multiple times. We haven't talked about the Vince McMahon story, but we've talked about stories being recycled. And if you've got a good story and you've got a good character that you can borrow from another promotion, why the hell not? That's what Don Callis is doing mm-hmm. right now. Yep. Yeah. So. I would like to hear everybody else's opinion because my opinion, I completely agree with you 100%. Now, I being a younger wrestling fan, I don't remember the whole Vince versus Rock, Vince versus Stone Cold thing. So when Vince turned on Rock, who did he join up with? Just 
Fill me in. That was when Stone Cold turned heel. So that's when Stone Cold turned that's heel. When, yes, correct. At WrestleMania 17 is okay. when Stone Cold hit The Rock with the chair to win the WWE title. Now, I doubt what this will happen. I highly doubt it. If Don Callis ever aligns himself with John Moxley, that's a immediate replica. Oh, it is. It is immediate but, replica. But if he I don't does anything, think it'll happen, go ahead. I don't think it'll happen that way. He might just align himself with Rich Swan. That's what I'm saying. It all depends on what happens at Rebellion. Yeah, it, it really does because you're gonna get Kenny Omega can't be a babyface. He can't be. No. So you've got to put more heat on Kenny Omega. Kenny Omega can't be a babyface as champion. Correct. So if he's and, champion, he has to be a heel. And and we've been calling him the collector this whole time. The cleaner. The cleaner. I'm sorry. We've been calling him the cleaner this whole time. So is this his opportunity? Like, does Kenny Omega call out Swan and say, "Hey, put your belt on the line"? Mm-hmm. And does Callus screw Swan? That's what we need to see. Because I see an ultimate baby face in Rick Swan. Oh, without I a doubt. I see it, man. I see it when when Callis talks about Swan's wife, Swan's kids, how Swan's been there for years. I I feel that baby face. You know what I'm saying? And not mm-hmm. like that Stone Cold baby face where Stone Cold had that perfect heel face turn with Bret Hart. No, this is just like a true like man. I like this guy, baby face. This He's is a, a Daniel Bryan guy. baby face. Yes, yes, it's very much a Daniel Bryan babyface. You like this guy. You're rooting for this guy to beat the authority. Mm-hmm. WrestleMania 30. Yeah. You want him to beat the authority. But was it WrestleMania? Which WrestleMania was it that Bryan won at the end and then Triple H hit him with the pedigree? SummerSlam. SummerSlam, I'm sorry. That so, was a SummerSlam following that WrestleMania. So there you go. Like because he won the double championship, he retained the double title. I believe this is correct. He retained the double title um, over John Cena at SummerSlam, and got hit with the pedigree and cashed in on. Yes, that's when Brian really no. I think I'm incorrect here. This no. So it was actually the rest. The um, it was before. It was the SummerSlam before. Yeah, because it was about because to say, it this had to led be into the this led into the, the, the whole yes movement. Yes, where he lost the belt to Randy, and then Randy and Cena unified the belts before Mania. Correct. Um And with then, Randy Orton winning the titles, and then it was uh, Brian came up just short in the Rumble. Batista won it. Batista went to Mania to face Randy. But everyone was getting behind Brian. Brian comes in, beats Triple H in the opener of WrestleMania, yep. and taps out Batista in the main event of WrestleMania 30. Yes. That's what happened. Yeah. And that's the kind of like baby face I see in Rick Swan. Yeah. It's what I see. Or Rich Swan. I always I always mess up. It's Rich Swan, yeah. Rich Swan. I'm sorry. I apologize, Mr. Swan. It is. Okay. Before we, we get Mr. off. Swan. Okay. Rick Bughoggins was the 24-7 champion. Yeah, yes! I know you wanted to mention that. <laughs> I'm so happy. Oh, it's so awesome. You you mentioned that already on Fastlane. I, I don't care. I'm going to mention it. He's going to mention it every single episode. Every episode. We're closing it with a tribute 
to Rick Bukhagen. Yep. If you want to follow him on Instagram, he is the Van Hagen. Follow that man. Yeah. Power lifter. He is, he is a, amazing. He is a gem to watch. He is truly but, special human being. But that wraps up this episode. Of course, if you want to follow us on social media, so you can hit us up with any questions, comments, or concerns, or otherwise that you guys might have. My at is at the J Ald, and David, yours is Dare Laufen Doink five zero eight underscores in between everything. And of course, it'll all be linked down in the description below. Also, you can follow us at at Double Doink Network on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. That is our joint account. That's where we post the majority of our news, um, as well as our opinions. And we're gonna get more and more into those, of course. Um. If you guys did like the show and want to share it with a friend, we are available on iTunes, Spotify, and Podbean, or any of your other favorite streaming platforms. Obviously, you guys like it, like, share, and subscribe, so that way we can go ahead and build this show up and continue to produce these great review shows and breakdowns and tangent tangent shows shows like this show was, because I know Dave and I are going to love doing these because we go on tangents so much, but now we actually have a platform to do it. Yeah, because we typically would take a, you know, a fifteen minute, we take, twenty minute we take recap. What, what and should make it an take, hour? Yeah, we should we take what should take twenty minutes, make it into an hour and a half. Yeah, it's it's just when not we used fair. to do, when we used to do a full week show, it'd be two hours long. Yeah, this is <laughs> now so we had much to cut it way you down. Guys, it's cutting it down, and you know, this gives you guys a chance to present some questions to us as well. So if this yeah, is something you want us to talk about, exactly, man, if we're you gonna guys tackle have, it all. If you guys have questions, give it to us, and we'll talk about them on the next episode, the next Tangent episode you guys hear from us. Yes. Because next week, we're going to be doing our weekly recap, so we'll talk about everything that happened this current week between Raw, NXT, AEW, SmackDown. We'll even throw a little bit of 205 and a little bit of uh, UK in Impact, there. Some Impact yep. in there, yep. But then, in a couple weeks, we have Mania Week. I know. So I dun, believe dun, next dun. week next week is the last week before Mania. So we'll definitely ca- chat with you guys what you can expect to hear from us on Mania Week. Yes. But other than that, I think that wraps everything up that we have to talk about. This has been a Double Doink Network production. I have been Josh. I have been Dave. And we've got two words for you. Doinks out. Doinks out. <laughs>